welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA podcast. In today's episode, we are joined by special guest Clay Huber as we discuss Zion Williamson's NBA debut, the 2020 playoff standings, and the reason behind the decline of NBA TV ratings. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA podcast. I am Perry Rockwood, and we are joined today with our co-host, as always, Eric Holmes. Eric, how's it going? It's a good day to be a Laker. LeBron James is the captain of the All-Star team, and Frank Vogel will be coaching his All-Star team. (laughs) And Eric's pointing out his Lakers hat right now that says 1985 World Champions. So we're also joined with a special guest today who is actually with Eric. So Eric, you want to introduce who we have with us today? Yeah, it's my longtime friend, Clay. We're basically brothers. We go way back. He's from Spokane as well, but he's got a rich basketball history, a lot of uh, church ball championships, (laughs) a lot of SYSA. It's a little Spokane Youth League uh, championships in basketball, and he's trying to get an intramural championship, but he's not as good as us, Barry. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh well clay it's great to have you here uh are you a diehard lakers fan like eric or where where do you lie with that i'm a diehard jazz fan and it's a great day to be a jazz fan while we're on the topic <laughs> we're, we're sole proprietors of the uh two seed now which is sick so uh we're exactly where we want to be life's good i've been so impressed with utah lately like they've just been on fire do you think that this time they'll they'll be able to fit Conley back into the rotation pretty seamlessly, or do you think it's going to be tough again with Conley back? I'll tell you what. I think in an ideal world, he comes off the bench um, when he's when he's back to full health. It's not realistic, but in the two games he's been back so far, he's had limited minutes, and he's coming off the bench, and it's been awesome for us. I mean, we haven't been playing really great teams, but nonetheless. Uh, I think he fits seamlessly in with with our second unit, actually, and 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 Royce O'Neal has definitely earned a starting spot. So you know it's tough, um, but either way, I mean it's like you know it's 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 a win-win situation. Conley, Roy, having Roy come off the bench, Roy's come off the bench is great too. So yeah, okay, so I I 100% agree with you, and I feel like I was kind of afraid to say that I would want to see Conley come off the bench because of you know, just how good he's been his whole career. But even last year when Donovan Mitchell moved to the point guard when Rubio was out, he did so well. Exactly. So, yeah, so I just think the Jazz do better when Mitchell's running the point, and Conley would be the perfect guy you want with the second group. So, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on that take, honestly. You a Jazz fan? I I mean, kind of. Like, I like – the Lakers are my favorite team, and the Jazz are probably my second favorite. Like, I, I like the Jazz. Yeah. yeah, But, yeah, I definitely – I just think – I mean, like I said, I think we're paying him too much. He has too big of a contract to be a bench player. But but uh, I'd love to see him come in with the second unit. So. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so let's move on to the Western Conference rank- rankings, where they're at right now, halfway through the season. And uh, Eric's got those pulled up. So where are we at with those? Um, right now, the Lakers are the first seed. But we wanted to hop into the to the eighth seed race really quick. 
And there's a couple teams that are fighting for it within four games of each other. So right now the eighth seed is the Spurs. They're 20 and 23. A game behind that are the Grizzlies. Two games behind them are the Blazers. And tied with them are the Suns. Um, two more games behind that are the Pelicans. So, you know, there's a really good race going on for the eighth seed. And we were just like, who do you think is going to occupy that at the end of the season? Well, the last thing you said is the Pelicans. And its social media was like a volcano last night after the Zion Williamson performance <laughs> made his debut. Uh, you see a bunch of hate comments and a bunch of love comments. So I kind of want to get your perspective of what you thought of Zion's debut and kind of what we can expect moving forward. I was saying last time how I wasn't very, what was I saying? I wasn't very excited for it yeah. just because it was such a long drawn out process. It was delayed every two weeks for every four more weeks. So, um, but you know, he, he went off. He had 17 points in three minutes. Like, <laughs> he lived up to the hype. You know, so much hype surrounding it. He had his own camera that you could follow him around on ESPN when you selected to click the show. Wait, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, this man has way too much coverage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, I mean, he's the only reason they were, they were in the game. And it's unfortunate he had to be pulled because he's gradually getting adjusted. But it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, so I guess, Clay, in your opinion, do you think that Zion's going to be able to play, like, at the weight that he is, or do you think it would be best for him to kind of slim down? And, like, do you think it's sustainable, I guess, is what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you can see when the guy walks, it's like he's shaking the ground. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he moves awkwardly. I read somewhere that he was trying to, like, redefine even the way he moves though, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's scary, you know, preseason, you just know that you take it easy and he still got injured. And um, the thing is too, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was like asking Alvin Gentry to let him stay in the game. Yeah. And so like, he has a will to just get out there and compete, you know, and maybe to, maybe to a reckless point. So, so I don't know, you know, I think, He's a super excitable player, but it's it's almost like early Derrick Rose-esque where he just throws himself at the rim, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, their body types are way different, but um, I definitely worry about his health for sure. Yeah, I, so I was super excited to watch the game last night, and I actually watched it on the ESPN app, like, after the game was over. You can watch it, like, and skip the commercials. So I was only just watching the times when he was in the game. And it was like three or four minute spurts. And he looked terrible in the first half. Like he had yeah. five turnovers, only like two or four points in the first half, just like completely out of shape. And then he just started, he went four for four from three in that stretch, which I don't think he'll ever do again in his career. <laughs> like, there's no way he goes four for four from three again. Like, that's just like the perfect debut. But I don't know. I, I think you guys bring up a great point. I think he will be a superstar and he'll be really good. Um, but I was talking to my brother-in-law, Jake, about today, who was on our podcast a little bit ago, and he was saying that the Pelicans are going to have to do a really good job with limiting, like, his minutes. Like, even as a superstar, like, 
playing like half the game because of how hard he plays, like you said. If yeah. you're playing that hard, playing 40 minutes a game, like you're bound to get hurt at that size. Yeah. So it's like they're just going to have to be really smart with how they control his minutes. And Yeah, it was smart for them to pull him out. It sucked. You know, it would have been so cool in the moment, but it was a smart thing to do. Yeah. And the last thing about the Pelicans is I forgot how much I miss Lonzo. Like, I just love some of the plays he made, and now his step-back three is even better than it was when he was in L.A., and I just love how he pushes the ball. Honestly, he would be the perfect fit for the Lakers. Like, <laughs> if he was still on the Lakers, that would be having Rondo's minutes. Like, that would be insane. Don't remind me of Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that leads us to who do you guys think will end up being the eighth seed, uh, probably playing against the Lakers in the first round? So I think the safe bet is to stay with the Spurs. They currently have the eighth seed. It's, it's I mean, it's been it's how many spirit. years since they've missed the playoffs? <laughs> and yeah. so it'd be pretty safe bet, especially because LaMarcus Aldridge is facing the floor now. DeRozan's playing unreal the last 10 games. Um, he's averaging over 20 points on over 50% from the field. And I think I was looking it up. Phoenix has a pretty tough schedule, and so does Memphis coming up. They have a lot more away games than home games and a lot more against the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. and so I think it'd be tough for them to, to stay in the race, the Suns and the Grizzlies. But I think I'm going to choose the Spurs. I think they're going to maintain the eighth seed. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. The Trailblazers still have the Jazz twice and the Nuggets twice. Uh, they still got Celtics, Heat, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't see of all those teams, the only team I could see making a push for it would be the Blazers. But I think uh, the Spurs are just too well coached to give it up at this point. I mean, not that it's really going to matter because you've got the Lakers first round, but <laughs> but yeah. one of them, like that's not like I don't want the Spurs. I think the Spurs will get it, but it'd be such a boring first round matchup. Well, that's what I was going to say. I bet, like, the NBA, I bet the NBA wants the Pelicans because think about that. Like, Zion coming back, trying to make the case for, like, rookie of the year, even though he's played half a year, and all the old Lakers guys playing against the Lakers. Like, that would be so much fun. Oh, seeing it – or those games in New Orleans would be – they'd be insane. Yeah. And <laughs> – well, and what about uh, John Morant? Like, oh, the that's Grizzlies. the other thing. The NBA wants John Morant. It'd be so <laughs> amazing to have John the eighth seed. Yeah. Do you guys think he's like a legit like star? Like, you think he's gonna? He's like, already he's already a star, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm 100 percent sold on him. He's like one of my favorite players now. I think he's everybody's favorite player now. Yeah, just like, like, I'm done talking about Luca. Screw Luca. <laughs> but yeah, Josh is crazy. And uh, Memphis, like, I think they're like two or three years away from like actually being legit. Yeah, I mean, but it's awesome. Like, they don't have their draft pick. They're giving it, they're giving it away to the Celtics this year. And so, like, it's cool that they're balling out anyway, especially because I hate the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Makes their draft, draft pick even worse. Yeah. And I just feel bad for Portland. I kind of have all year just because of the, all the injuries. CJ McCollum's out right now. But 
we also heard this week that Nurkic is starting to do like contact and practice. Oh, and right. that, yeah, so I think that will be huge for them. Like, I think if he comes back, because before he got hurt, like, I don't really like Nurkic, but he was balling out, like, before he got hurt. And so, and, and we kind of forget, didn't they make the Western Conference Finals last year? Yeah, I mean, they had a decently easy road. Yeah. But I, if, if the Blazers were healthy, I'd easy lock for them for the eighth seed, easy lock. Yeah. But they've lost so many pieces, and they haven't really had, like, a fully strapped team, so... Lillard's going to have to uh, average 60. <laughs> and that was pretty impressive. What was it, 11 for 20 on the other day? From three. Yeah. Shoot. That was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, uh, there's not really much to say other than it, the days are over of people saying he's underrated. Cause... Yeah, he's properly rated right now. Everybody knows how lethal he is. So I guess if I if I did have to pick a team though, you guys both pick the Spurs. I uh, I think it's the Pelicans. I think that Zion will figure out his spot, and they actually have like I was looking at strength of schedule, and theirs is one of the lowest for the second half of the season. They have the second easiest schedule in the West for the remainder. Yeah. But it it was interesting. The basketball index, they were projecting the Spurs. They had a sixty percent. I mean, no, no, sorry. They were projecting the Pelicans to have a 60% chance to make the playoffs. Oh, really? Not the Spurs? And the Spurs that was next was at 22%. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, it was, it's it interesting, like, fun. the formulas they use and the different things that add into it, but just interesting. So, right now, um, who would match up two and seven? Two and seven would be the Jazz versus the Thunder. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. The Thunder have been playing yeah, good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Chris Paul and SGA first round, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that would actually be a tough matchup for the uh, Jazz. Especially right before the trade deadline. You never know what, what the Thunder could do with all of their assets. I think, to be honest, I think Dallas is going to end up dropping to seven, though. I could see that. Oklahoma City is playing so right now. And with the recent injury, I think. So, as a Jazz fan, you would rather – would you rather play Dallas and Luca in the first round or Oklahoma City? They're both pretty tough. Honestly, yeah, I'd probably say Dallas just because Luca doesn't have any playoff experience yet. And I think and we match up with him well. We got beat by like 25 by the Thunder earlier, and I was there for it live. And I just – I have a little bit of PTSD about that now, I think. <laughs> so probably, probably Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's gonna be a good matchup. So, who would we ha- who would be three and six? The Clippers versus the Rockets. That'd be a little bit of a bloodbath. That would be man. These matchups would be awesome. <laughs> First round matchups. Seriously. Personally, personally, I would love that. It keeps the Clippers on the other side of the bracket from the Lakers. Uh, you'd have to get through Harden, which those have been close games this season. Yeah, I think I think both teams match up well there, and it just be I think that'd be a really fun series to watch. Yeah, I think so too. And then uh, five and four. Right now is the Nuggets versus the Mavs. I don't know how steady that holds, but that'd be a decent series. I think the Nuggets. That would be that would be the least, 
the least uh, exciting series, I think. Yeah. Jokic against Luka, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So that's good. So let's move to the East then. Uh, there's a lot of teams stacked up for that second spot, like within a game of each other. So what are the standings so far with that? So right now the Bucks are seven and a half games, and that doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. But you have the Heat in the second seed, then the Raptors, Celtics, Pacers, Sixers. They're all jumbling up for this for the two seed through the sixth seed. And then seven and eight is anybody's game. It's the Magic and the Nets. Okay, so I, I haven't been a huge Ben Simmons fan. And I don't think you are either, right, Eric? No, I hate Ben Simmons. So I hate a lot of NBA players, if you guys haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got traded to the Lakers, you would like him. That's not true. This guy was the biggest LeBron hater in the world. <laughs> in the world, man. Now he raves about the guy. Hey, don't make me put on my jersey. <laughs> Dude, the last year it was ridiculous when the Lakers had Isaiah Thomas for a little bit. And he was terrible for them. I was texting Eric after a game where Isaiah Thomas just played horrible. I was like, dude, he's so bad. Like, get him out of here. And Eric's trying to defend Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, <laughs> bro, pull, pull up those texts right now because that's a lie. That's a straight lie. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, okay, I know you're a diehard fan, but like, you don't have to go that far. Come on. <laughs> You you don't like Rondo though, which is yeah. yeah I was gonna say he no, keeps, his Rondo his Rondo hit stays consistent. The only like saving grace he's had is he hit a game winner against the Celtics last year. Yeah, seriously though. But right now he's he's the fifteenth man on the bench. He would be better as an assistant coach, but seriously though, they should they should make him a coach. Uh, <laughs> so do you guys think the Bucks? Um, obviously they have the best record in the NBA. And like you said, is it, it's like a, a ridiculous amount of how much they're winning, like how many points they're winning by. Yeah, they're averaging their wins by like 13 points per game. Yeah, which is like historic. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys think they're like legit? Like could you see them coming, obviously coming out of the East, but do you think they would have a chance against the Lakers or the Clippers? No. First of all, do I think they'd have a chance against the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Jazz is the question. <laughs> and my answer <laughs> – no, my, my answer is no. I think um, Giannis is good and they're huge, but um, I can't even really put a pin in it. I just think LeBron is LeBron and Kawhi is Kawhi. And, I mean, Giannis is capable of great things, but um, – I mean, I, I don't know. I look at last year, I guess, and and uh, he just the wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals Sixers Raptors. It was Bucks uh, Raptors. Oh, was it? Well, either way, I think yeah. I I think in the finals, I would just take Kawhi or LeBron over Giannis, and I think that that the rest of the makeup draws up pretty even. I just don't know how many more levels their team can go up. I think it's pretty clear that Kawhi and LeBron, they always have more gears to get into, the higher gear to, to get into during the playoffs. Do you see the Bucks having another gear? I think defensively they do. 
like they're they're insane defensively. I don't I don't think their offense necessarily does, but I mean their defense. When you watch them, that's how they're they're killing teams. Is their defense is just scary? But I mean, so are the Lakers and the Clippers' defense. So it's like I think in the playoffs I might offset each other. So it really is going to come down to the superstars. And when you're playing Giannis, a guy who can't really shoot, you can just wall up like the Raptors did against him last year. Yeah, and uh, if he has one of those, the best shooting night of his life again, like he did against the Lakers, yeah. then he'll win a couple games. But, so salty about that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take my luck in a best of seven series. All right, so... Who would they who would they be matched up with right now if the playoffs started? They're play they're playing the Nets. That's an easy one. And Kyrie, I I don't know about Kyrie, man. Like, has your have your like Kyrie or Perry's a big Kyrie fan, always has been. What's your opinion right now and like what he's been saying about how he needs help and like why do you, why would you ever say that in front of your team like publicly and I don't know, it just it wasn't necessary. Well, we heard the the one reporter tell LeBron to shut up and dribble, and I wish they would have said that to Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the best dribblers we've ever seen, and one of the worst like leaders and talkers to the media. <laughs> so it's like, so true. <laughs> to Kyrie, not LeBron, like because they were saying it tonight. I was watching the Nets and Lakers game on TNT. And I forgot who was announcing. Do you remember who it was? Chris Webber was one of the guys. Yeah, Chris Webber was saying, if you're in New York, you have to take the time to watch Kyrie, like, dribble. Like, go to a game and just watch Kyrie dribble. That's why I fell in love with them. Like, I feel like that's why everybody fell in love with them, especially with the shot over Curry in the finals with Cleveland. Uh, but his, he's just going downhill. Like, every week something else comes out. Though. Like, he's just – he's mentally insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going around, he's saying their team has glaring weaknesses. Well, no, duh, like $40 million is sitting on your bench, bro. Yeah. Like, just like, there's good time, like, be patient, wait, like, try to figure things out. Yeah. And he's saying this after he went six for 22 from the Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was just about to say. Like, it's one thing if he drops, like, 40 and is, like, super efficient, but he played, like, crap and then said that. <laughs> and then he's like, I need more help. <laughs> and then the like, that's fine saying that, you know, you need some more additions even when Katie comes back, but then to start calling guys out by name and then, like, leaving certain teammates out, it's like, come on. Like, Harry, too, historically has, like, set himself up as a charity case to the media when he's not at all. I mean, he had LeBron come join him to get a championship, and then he didn't want to be with Cleveland anymore, so he left for a contender with the Celtics. And then he now he got to team up with Kevin Durant. I mean, the guy has nothing to complain about, you know. And he always sets himself up as some big charity case. Yeah, he's yeah. he's chosen his destination every time, and he's like, "Why me? Why me?" So, do you think? I mean, obviously, we know he's a he's a chemistry killer, but where where do you think? Do you feel like there's any other situation where Kyrie could thrive like anymore in this league, or do you feel like it's just going to be like this till he's done with his career? Dude, he need he. It's like ironic to say, but he needed somebody like LeBron. Yeah, like a true number one outspoken leader. KD's not like that. He said that he needed Steph for that. 
And uh, so I don't know how it's going to work. And, like, obviously they're, like, two of the most talented players in the NBA, but it's going to be a weird matchup next year with yeah. each other. No, I agree. Uh, so who do we have at the number two and seven? So the number two seed's up for grabs. Anybody from the Heat to the Sixers could grab it. Do you think that the Heat will stay there? So what are the teams fighting for right now? The Heat, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the 76ers. I, I think Boston and Philly are both better than the Heat. Do you guys agree or do you – I mean, I love the Heat this year. They've been so fun to watch, and it's been really cool to see what they've done. But I just think as far as when it comes to, like, playoffs, I feel like Philadelphia and Boston are better. Yeah, I think I think that the Heat will end up with the two seed, but I don't think that they're going to do anything with it. I'm with you. I think the Celtics and the Sixers are both better teams than the Heat. The two seed should be ultra coveted. It's you're on the opposite side of the Bucks and you're playing the Magic. Like you have nothing to worry about. That's an easy first round. And then you're you're messing with the the Raptors or the Sixers coming out of that if we if the standings held true. And so you want to stay away from the Bucks. And the second seed would just be such an important. It's going to be a really important race. The regular season is just all about defense. I mean, the the Bucks, Heat, Lakers, Jazz, you know, top four teams in the league right now, all defensive right now, just absolute defensive monsters. Yeah. Um, but, but come playoffs, you know, those teams that have their defensive intensity all the way already up, sometimes a lot of times they're they're lacking the offensive intensity that comes with the playoffs. So I think defensive intensity is easier to bring um, for a team like the Heat, where you know they they share the ball a lot and things like that, and and the Lakers and Bucks, um, but come playoffs, I don't think they have the offensive power, firepower to to match up with the other big teams. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Definitely, I'm. I think a team to keep our eye on is the Pacers. We've kind of talked a lot about them this year because they're always kind of that team that just flies under the radar, especially with Oladipo coming back pretty soon. Uh, it will be good to see if he returns uh, to how he was before. Could you guys see them winning a first-round series? I think it depends on the matchup. So it, let's say if they like ended up in the three or four seed, who would the three, four seed matchup be? They'd probably be playing one of the Celtics or the Raptors, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I think if they played against the Raptors, that would go seven games. I think they could catch a win against the Celtics, to be honest. Like a series win? Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics... Like, the Celtics debatably have like three All Stars on their team on their starting yeah. yeah, there's no way. There's no way they could be the Raptors in a series. I think. We have that recorded. We have that. We have that Eric Holmes statement recorded now. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, can I defend myself for a second? Just, no, that's just blind hatred against. I mean, can I, I defend myself? Topics, but you have to. Can I defend myself? The All Stars. No. So first of all, Kemba's gonna get locked down. Kemba, you're he's too small. It's like what happens in Steph and I, every single uh, NBA Finals. He's too small. Kemba's gonna get shot out, and then you're just relying on uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and uh, yes. Like, they're good, but they're not great. So who are the Pacers relying on? Malcolm Brogdon. So, <laughs> so you're telling me that you'd rather rely Sabonis, on Sabonis. Hey, Sabonis okay. gets you bucket. He'll get you a bucket, bro. Yeah. Throw to him in the post. Cantor's yeah. not stopping him. Jalen so, Brown's not stopping him. You would rather have Brogdon than Kemba on your playoff team. That's not what I'm saying. Brogdon's gonna <laughs> Brogdon's gonna shut Kemba down, and then he's gonna actually provide something on offense too. Oh my gosh, dude! Come on. Hey, mark my words. Good thing we have it recorded. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I mean, I'm not even calling that a hot take. I'm just calling that a terrible take. <laughs> but all right, we'll see. We'll see. Everybody, it's here. Eric said that the Pacers would beat the Celtics in a playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, is there anybody else you guys want to talk about in the East that's standing out to you, or do you feel like that covers the East? Um, just a brief thing on the 76ers. I, I think it's, like, super evident that if this season doesn't work out for them, they have to trade one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Because, like, they're just, like, the worst fit ever. They both operate within 10 feet of the glass. And you've seen how Ben Simmons works when Joel Embiid's not in. And they they, play, they played pretty well. He won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So, just something to think about. Keep on your radar. I don't know if they'll ever be able to figure it out. I agree, yeah. I can't see those two together. <clears throat> In the long run, as a, as a duo. Yeah, it just I, – I feel like Simmons could reach another level without Embiid. Honestly, though, I'd, I'd pay good money. I might put down money on the 76ers to beat the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that like, I think I think that'd be a really, really good matchup. Uh, ben Simmons has the most deflections in the league. And Thibault is, like, already one of the best defenders in the league as a rookie. And Embiid yeah. can step down the paint when he wants to. And Horford. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, they're they a defensive powerhouse, but they just have horrible spacing right now. We'll see if uh, they upgrade at the, playoff, at the trade deadline. Yeah, no, for sure. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he was saying, you know how, like, Daryl Morey for the Rockets will, like, just pull any trade, like, Someone else in brand, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what would you say, like, straight up uh, Embiid for Harden? Embiid for Harden? Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Rockets, I'm saying no, because that destroys your team. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it does. But, I mean, Harden, like, how much longer do you just try things out with Harden? How I many – how many more superstars do you want to get into Houston? And just, they have, like, a whole system. Their entire, like, team continuity is built around Harden. I think if anybody, you're trading Russ, but that's just me. I don't think it'd work. Yeah, I don't, I don't 
I mean, I definitely, if I was the Sixers, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But then also Harden with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons would have to play like the five. Yeah, Harden would have to reinvent himself for sure. So, I, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'm interested to see in two or three years what Harden looks like if he's still dribbling 30 times at the top of the key. But He'll probably like settle down to like 25 times. <laughs> but the all-star starters came out today. Was it today? I think it was. Yeah. And we did – in last week's episode, we drafted our mock all-star teams. Uh, and they're actually a little bit consistent with what the starters were announced today. So who were the starters on the West that were announced? So on the West, it was Luca, James Harden, LeBron, Kawhi, and Anthony Davis. So you guys don't see any surprises there, right? Not at all. That was we're pretty much – you could have written those down 10 games into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree for sure. So, who do we have in the East? In the East, you had uh, Trey Young. Young, Kemba Walker, um, uh, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam. So the the only so the two that I find that might be debatable in the East is obviously which a lot of people think is Trey Young, being on a team that's only won eight games. And also, I think that you can make a case for Siakam has been doing really well, but you could also make a case for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, for sure. I think they should be rewarded for being the second seed. Yeah, I agree. I don't think winning is valued enough with that. And I think winning should be valued more in that MVP race, defensive player of the year race. I think all of that, I think winning is the most important. I think that comes first and foremost for everything. Honestly, I mean, everybody's been saying this, but they should just get rid of like having to do two guards and three forwards. Yeah. They should just like blank slate, just the five best players. Yeah. Like team. I totally agree. And I think the same thing with the all NBA teams. Why does it have to be like One center? Teams? Just do the five best players are on the first team. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, my own—I mean, I understand why everybody's voted in. My only beef is Trey Young. I don't think he deserves it this year. Like, it's—he's just playing in pickup games over and over, and nobody like everyone's snoozing on his own team because he's hooking up thirty-five footers. Yeah, yeah, he's like that guy that is there playing pickup and you're down like early and then he hits like a couple threes he starts feeling himself and then he's like all pumped after the game but you realize your team's still lost and you have to sit out and sit on the side for like 30 minutes (laughs) and he's over there like feeling himself (laughs) like and we all know those guys (laughs) like eric's definitely one of those guys (laughs) Hey, that's not true. I'm efficient. I'm efficient. I take my shots when they come. No, I, I think for the most part, I mean, besides the Trey Young thing, it, you could, like you said, you could pretty much write all those players in pretty early into the season. All right. So I guess the last thing uh, we kind of want to talk about today is uh, the TV ratings for the NBA going down. And I feel like it's, 
it's kind of confusing to me because I feel like the NBA is more prominent than ever. Like more people are talking about it than they ever have. And maybe that's just because we have social media and you just have so much access to like behind the scenes stuff with players. Um, but I think also too, that a big reason why they could be down is because uh, everybody like streams, like a lot of people stream illegally, like on websites. Like, I know for me, I stream on the ESPN app, like, after the game's been live. So I don't know if that counts as me watching it live. Like, so I feel like streaming in the internet, like, has a big thing to do with that. Do you guys kind of think that too? Um, I think the way, like, the, the player's mentality during the regular season is it's kind of what the typical NBA fan's mentality is. They're just, like, they're coasting, waiting for the playoffs. I mean, like, someone like us who watches the NBA day in and day out, it doesn't really matter. But they don't really care. Like, Kawhi is, like, playing 50 games a year. Like, why should the fan care about watching 50 of those games? They're not. They're going to wait to the playoffs until, like, the real meat and potatoes comes along. And so I think they need to figure out how to make the the regular season more entertaining and uh, just, like, yeah, they need to shorten it, make it so that the players have more reason to play. Yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. I, I think that Stars sitting out gets games has a big deal, a big thing to do with it. We've seen that. Hasn't the league even changed, like, some games that are supposed to be on ESPN? They'll, like, change them to different games. Like, yeah, if, they're flexing them like crazy, the Pelicans before yeah. Zion. Yeah, it's got so. duped a couple times. <laughs> yeah, like Sierra, like Bronny's high school is on ESPN more than some of the teams at this point, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But I think, too, do you think the style of play has anything to do with it? Like, I know for me, when, when I see the Rockets are playing on TV and it's not like the Lakers or like the Jazz or or somebody that I really like, I'm just not going to watch that game because I just can't watch Harden. Like, I, do you think that, like, just watching people go back and forth shooting threes, like, isn't fun for fans anymore? Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys saw the infographic where they, where they showed the 2000s and the most shots there. There was, like, a ton of baseline shots and a ton of shots from the elbow. And then now it's just the entire three-point line and then a dot, the a dot in the paint right, right around the basket. Yeah. So, like, again, Bill Simmons was saying he was, like, giving, like, a little bit of a half-hearted argument saying that, like, is it just, like, a three after a three after a layup after a three? Is that entertaining for the common fan? And so it's just inter- interesting to think about, like, what do they like? Do they really just think it's just a bunch of – people hucking up threes the entire game and like if there's I don't know they need to expand the paint or make the paint smaller so you can it'll be more post play I'm not sure what the solutions are I think I think another problem too is social media like you'll see on Twitter James Harden erupts for 40 points fire emoji fire emoji fire emoji and you see like all his super sick plays where he hits these step back threes but then you watch it in real time and you notice that he misses eight threes and then he hits the cool step back three. And notice that it's just like, you know, I think the everyday NBA fan can just get their fix on social media following all the apps that are going to hype up all the cool plays. 
um, because they notice that it's not necessarily representative of, of what's actually going on in the game. Yeah, I, I honestly think, Clay, that that's like the number one reason because if you think about it, like you can go on YouTube every night and they'll have 10-minute condensed highlights of every game. So it's like, why not just watch those? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Eric. The NBA, obviously, they're trying to figure out what they need to do to change that. Um, and maybe it is like they've proposed like a mid-season tournament or I, I really like the idea of having the lower seeds in the, in the conferences have playing games. I think that would be cool for the playoffs. And then I, I do hope that one day they just take the best 16 teams for playoffs. Absolutely. Let go of conferences. Yeah, you just got to get the East teams to agree upon that because every, well, every single one of the Western Conference teams would agree on that today. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that would, that would be hard is, let's say, let's say the Knicks were – or the Celtics, for example. Celtics playing the Trailblazers, you know, you're going back and forth, like, across the country in that series. Like, it's just – that's not fun for the players. Yeah, it'd be that'd be quite the travel. So, yeah, so it will be interesting to see what the NBA does. Uh, I think it, the NBA is as good as it's ever been, uh, but I also didn't. I wasn't old enough to uh, enjoy the Jordan era and all that. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Do you guys have any last comments or anything? I just want the world to know that uh, I'd be Clay in a one-on-one -on -one and Perry, too, if that ever came to be. You would. one-on-one? I take it one-on-one. -on -one. All right, well, this is coming from the same guy who said the Pacers would be the Celtics <laughs> in the playoff series. So. <laughs> and, Eric, you've never beaten me one-on-one. -on -one. So, in um, Vegas, when I was playing Chubby Perry, it was a different story. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! I, I was looking back at pictures of I was chubby, dude. <laughs> Last thing, what are you guys' thoughts on Delonte West, it's president, sad. president of the Navy? <laughs> it's yeah. sad. Yeah, man, that's just unfortunate. I mean, it seems like people are are reaching out to help him, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad just to look in the comments and hear people say that's what happens when you mess with LeBron. <laughs> I'll still leave it at that, but <laughs> same thing. Same thing with Chandler Parsons. That's super sad oh story too. That, yeah, that is sad. If you ever drinking and driving, just yeah, just never do it. There's no reason you should ever do that. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. But all right, guys. Well, thank you, Clay, so much for coming on. It was great to have you. And hey, uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. That was yeah. sweet. And go Jazz, right? Go Jazz, baby. Champions 2020. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Dude, Rudy Gobert has been playing really well lately. He's, I saw, not to get back in or anything, but I saw he's 10th right now in the MVP race. Wow. NBA.com. Yeah. So stop sleeping, everybody. Yeah, too, too bad the number one guy is the only one who gets MVP, but. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Perry's got jokes tonight. Perry's got jokes. <laughs> All right, guys, be sure to follow uh, Eric again on Instagram. Eric, Eric. Holmes 32. 
Clay, you want to give a shout out to your handle on Instagram? I don't have an Instagram, but follow me on Twitter, Clady Huber. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm married and I'm happily married. So I'm- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see All right, you. Yeah.